Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Should we start off the episode by talking about the fact that servers and bartenders pay more in taxes annually than our fraud of a president? <laughs> yeah, I think we just did. Uh, 750 big ones. I was also like looking to see what like an because like the average Mar-a-Lago trip was like 3.4 million dollars is that right that's what that's what I googled and that I was like what's the percentage of this and it's like 2.5 percent of one percent does that make so one percent of what 3.4 million dollars is take the 2.5 percent of that and Mm -hmm. that 750 dollars like that's how I broke it down in my head which it, if it if it doesn't make sense, it shouldn't, because none of it does. None of it does. Also, seventy thousand dollar hair budget per year. Can you even can you even start thinking about the spray tan budget and the, the soiled collars of all of his shirts that just are destroyed can every you night? Think about the catch up budget. Oh boy. <laughs> I mean, oh this is going to come out later in the week for sure. Uh, it is a Monday and we're recording, so this may be old news. But if you've been living under a rock Trump doesn't pay his taxes but servers busboys dishwashers bartenders all of us low earning tip based workers we all pay our taxes mm-hmm. that bitch mm-hmm. don't pay Mm-mm. I can't believe Fuck. we started this episode uh, with a tip boom all right guys well welcome to side work podcast i'm your host brooke van poplin hi guys i am your other host andrea wallace and joining us today listen he's done it all but most importantly he used to work he's Oh, I'm just, I was going to say, okay. How dare you? How what? dare you? We'll, we'll come he's up. done you. <laughs> I know, and he's, he's, he's done, done you. He's done me too. <laughs> Fine, we're out. Out with it. But he's most importantly known from California Pizza Kitchen. Give it oh. up for uh, Sean Parkinson, everybody. Hello, Sean. A.K.A. Josh Tree. Yeah, that's his. That's his. We we just got out of the desert a bit ago, and you know he's just like, hey, what's hey, what's up? My name's Josh. Josh Tree. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I get it. Joshua Tree. He's just like the, uh, he's like the casual version. That's fun. Is there a CPK in Josh Tree? Not no, yet. There isn't. And well, it's a, it's a damn shame. It's a damn shame. We but there is one in Mar-a-Lago. Oh, oh sure. <laughs> that makes sense to me. Okay, so Sean, like we got a little mm-hmm. brave yesterday, and we kind of were like, yeah. all right, let's let's go to the old area of Brand Boulevard, Phil's Coffee. Oh, egg God. slut that area mm-hmm. oh man egg i'm gonna slut. recommend don't do don't do it just don't mm. go that way it's wild over there and the one thing i will say that uh i i don't i like is that they have like signs everywhere saying how much you'll be fined if you like take your mask off which at least they're like putting like fear into people with that but mm, except for i the think fact that i think that if there's people who have like experienced genocide which is the armenian people <laughs> that now like live there they're probably like find me I lived through a genocide. Go ahead. Fuck you. I can handle a fine. <laughs> no, anyway. but, Dude, it was insanity, though. Their business model right now... Oh God, because it's usually lines out the door. All these restaurants clustered really close to one another, but they all decided along the block that it's going to be app-based ordering. Like, it was a shit show. I don't even know it's how to describe like it. Like, you can only get apps? That's crazy. No. The only way they would let you order. So, so we're just like, okay, cool. Let's get in line. And then everyone was standing there like a weird turd, you know, and we're like, are you in line? Are you in line? What's going on? And then this guy just kind of like real angrily is like, you got to download the apps. 
And so mm-hmm. it was a shit that show. Happened. Yep. Shit show where we had to download a bunch of shit. And I get it. It's like when you like if you before you get on the plane, if you like don't download the app, like you don't get access to like the entertainment. You know what I mean? It's the same thing. I get it. Everything's fucked. I mean, it makes sense that you just like order. I don't know. Everybody is just trying to do the best they can. They, they are. We. I mean, we had like a real heated discussion, though, in the car where mm-hmm. we got in a fight. Basically, we did sort of get in a fight. <laughs> it it's happens. Our, it's our first fight, babe. But like it, it's just like. Sean, you wanted to go in there and correct it. I mean, uh, the situation. The situation. Yes. A fight broke out outside of Shake Shack because. Yeah. <laughs> well, there was just no order. There were two lines, and they weren't specific lines. Um, you basically had a choice on which line to wait on. <laughs> and it might have been the wrong one. It, I don't know. I don't. <laughs> so, and then like you get to the front of the line which is where the counter was which was basically like where everybody was just gathering like once you get to the front it's like oh, I guess we just all kind of just let's just all cluster here and ask if <laughs> yeah. our order's no ready because no one's in charge and no one's and wrangling the cattle that's the problem there needs to be a cattle wrangler there was like if there was fucking wrangler you know it's like there's burgers you eat and those cows got wrangled before they were murdered and you can eat them so you need to be wrangled too yeah. um, anyway I'm not like pushing a political statement i'm just saying we're cattle (laughs) um well should we jump into some headlines all right so this first headline is coming to us from roy utah been there been there have you yeah i was born in utah roy has this amazing uh place called burger bar that has like fresh raspberry milkshakes and like french fries and when we were kids you'd like You'd like get both and you'd like dip your fries in the milkshake. Anyway, continue with your your headline. (laughs) You have absolutely said those exact words in a podcast episode about a year ago. Makes sense. Yep. It's a good memory. (laughs) That's very, very Andrea. On on brand for Andrea. It's on Brandria. Um, (laughs) I'm sorry. You were on Brandria yesterday with your Shake Shack debacle. Yeah, I know. We, we didn't we didn't appreciate it. So, OK, this is Roy, Utah. Uh, an 89 year old Weber County man has become Weber, Weber County, Weber, Weber. OK, sorry, Miss Utah local. Um, a Weber County man who's 89 years old has become TikTok famous because the community came together to deliver him a huge tip because homeboy is still delivering pizzas at age 89 because he can't pay his bills. Damn. This is the country we're living in, people. But this is a feel-good story. There's a, a local guy. Cool dude, all right? His name is Carlos Valdez. He basically loves him some Papa John's. God, one day we got to turn him on to some... Papa John's. Papa John's. They, they do it different. Just saying. It's like instead of like Vons, it's John's. Like, or Sean's. It's- that could be... <laughs> also, you could have a grocery uh, store. Okay, go ahead. I love it. I love it. So... I'm just, uh, I'm just writing this down. You are writing it down. We have to manifest new business ideas in this time of pandemic. Mm-hmm. But, uh, okay, so essentially this guy, Carlos Valdez, loves his Papa John's, orders it on the regular, and he knows that the 89 year old whose name is oh my god he's got the cutest old man name his name is derlin newey um that is such a utah 89 year old name so he always he always shows up at the door and when carlos opens the door he says hello are you looking for some pizza that's his catchphrase and then he's like, I got your pizza right here. So anyways, he's taken a lot of videos of him over time and put a compilation together, put it out on TikTok, was like, let's all do something really nice for this guy. It's wrong that our seniors are working well into their 80s to make ends meet. And the community put together $12,000 for Derlin. Hell yeah. I know. Go watch it. It's so sweet. He's just like shaking. He's like, I, I, I can't ever thank you. And... It's heartwarming, but it's also fucked up. I'm not moved. You're not moved? How <laughs> dare yeah. you? I, I, you know, and Derlin, bless him, and, like, he shouldn't have to work that hard, but doesn't Derlin sound like a nickname, like, Merlin got, like, in middle school, where he, like, <laughs> they were, like, he was, like, kind of a dumbass. He'd be like, Derlin. Anyway, that's it's my take Merlin. on that name. <laughs> it's Derlin. Nothing against this Derlin. I'm just saying... It could be used to make fun of Merlin. <laughs> I mean, 
it's like Dumbledore is already like, okay, he was definitely bullied. They the call them Dumbledore. It'd be Dumbledore. Yeah, Dumbledore. Well, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Oh, a great for story. Sure. This is a Amazing. great story. Just a little heartwarming thing. TikTok can yeah. be used for good and also it has. It absolutely. Yes. Um, next story which you put in here, uh, Indiana restaurants and bars get the green light to open at full capacity according to eater.com. Oh dear. So we don't even need to like read the content of the article uh i'm just mad and have things to say yeah <laughs> how does that make you feel sean where are you at on the dining out spectrum at the moment uh i am closer especially since our trip to uh josh tree yep yep uh where we uh did partake in uh, the outdoor dining experience, which, you know, was a little... Uh, it was scary. It was new. It was a little scary at first. But, uh, you know, uh, we were there and uh, we tried to do it. We, I was wearing two masks. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, I took it off, obviously, to eat chips and salsa. I was starting to feel good. And then all of a sudden, a, you know, a bachelorette party showed up. Right. And, I know uh, this fucking storm it, it is really the castle. Tough. We love. I mean, look, anybody who's at stage five opening, good, but like numbers are still kind of starting to climb. So, like, this might not even last that long for me because winter's coming. You know what I mean? It's almost like it's going to be one last push for the restaurant industry to actually like get people in. But this is all open inside too. I don't, and, and I still think most restaurants like they also have their own rules so you like anywhere else so you have people who are like super strict you follow our fucking policy where there's people wrangling and then there's places where it's just willy fucking nilly you know it's across the board madness it's and, it's so ridiculous that they're doing this push basically to just once again watch it get shut down again within a month and this is just fucking with people more than just staying the course of like we are takeout only or we are outdoor dining only you know all the inventive folks who are coming up with ways to make a a patio more year round okay great it's not going to be easy to do but um, Mm -hmm. it's just mind blowing to me that they're just saying full capacity but you're supposed to social distance that's right. the rule is they're saying, well, maintain social distancing, but that's not what a restaurant or bar is. They're, right. they're only supposed to from, see a certain percentage. No, that's oh. done. It's gone from Indiana and Florida. Indoors are right. out okay. full capacity once again. Well, I mean, I'm pretty sure like Nebraska's full capacity. Like they don't give a fuck. Like, uh, I mean, they have mask mandates like and there are some places where you can eat outside and stuff. But like and I think, again, it's just business to business. But there's like people who are just. Bars to me are the biggest issue, like especially like if you're sitting at the actual bar and you have the bartender there, it's like, well, what's to say there's like this like foot and a half partition of Mm -hmm. like, I mean, even though if you're wearing a mask, I just it's all fucking nuts. Well, when there's alcohol involved too, uh, everybody. Right. That's the thing. And yelling, blah, 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 blah. And all over each other. So it's yeah, it's a lot town. Droplet Town. Oh my God, that should be the name of a new uh, special DJ drink. DJ Droplets. DJ Droplets. Um, <laughs> yeah, dude, that's that's very upsetting. Just wanted to throw it out there for any of our listeners working in the Indiana or Florida uh, region. Well, that's not a region; they're states. But um, hit us up. Let us know how you're feeling. That that can't be a nice feeling as a restaurant worker, but at least you guys are the ones who can choose to remain protected the entire shift. Totally. Are you crazy? Andrea, I think it's time for once again some listener submitted COVID related content. All right, this one comes from our buddy of the podcast, Josette. She says, Dear ladies, this is my sister's story, but I think it's a life lesson. My sister is the head barista manager of a coffee shop in Tennessee. She's also immunocompromised and has been extremely careful about their policies once they reopened for business, since most of her employees were nervous but needed money. Tennessee, these are in parentheses, Tennessee really shit the bed with their unemployment during COVID-19, so no one was paid out. Oh, wow. Good job. Okay, so one of the college kids who works for the coffee shop tested positive but didn't tell anyone. 
And then this college kid also lives with another employee there who thought it was okay to come in for her double shift on a Saturday after having taken a COVID test, but without getting the results back. What the fuck? And, you know, knowing her roommate was positive. Neither of them told my sister about this until Monday morning. Not only is the coffee shop now just shut down and all their accompanying food trucks canceled, she says my sister now has to quarantine and pray she didn't catch it. Her last two tests were negative, but one more week from now to know for sure. Oh, good God. So she says, I love how you ladies have stressed in the past how servers need to have each other's backs. And I think this falls in the same category. This isn't coming into work with a cold. It's COVID. What do you ladies think? Where do fellow servers draw the line between empathy for another broke ass server, but also keeping your fellow servers safe? Cheers, Josette. You don't, you tell, you disclose everything. You can't not tell everybody everything. That's bonkers. Like it's, it's such a college mentality. What a Ricky. Yeah, you're young and you just don't think things affect you. And I mean, it's what a shame. It's really a shame. And, and, and for any of our college age listeners out there, we know there are some of you in your early twenties, like, listen, I too was once your age and indestructible. Um, it's just, it's not, this is truly hurting people. I know it's really scary in these times when we don't know where our next paycheck is coming from. We've had our jobs go away, come back, go away again. But I'm sorry, you could kill your boss and then you really won't have a job. Yeah, being indestructible doesn't like equal, it shouldn't equal being irresponsible, you know, is I think what it is. And I think it's like, if if we're learning anything, we have to like stick together in order for this to stop. And yeah, and just don't fuck around with it, man. Even if Very you want to kill your boss. Yeah, even if you want to kill your boss, which we do. You it's know? not cool. It's not right. cool, guys. Yeah. We've all had those thoughts. You know what I mean? Right. But don't, don't, don't act on them. I mean, that's just, it's like in jest. It's like, oh, wouldn't that be funny? Moving on to some server submitted stories. <laughs> First story, I was working at a nice hotel in a very expensive resort town. I had a group with an older white guy, you know, the type loud, know-it-all, trying to impress people. Uh, But at the same time, I don't mind these types since they tip well and generally know how going out to eat works. He asked me for the wine list, which I give him. This is a more than decent wine list. It's got classics like Jordan Cab and La Crema Pino, et cetera. And we have a nicer vintages, uh, list that you have to ask about the guy looks at the list and loudly says the varietals and absolutely starts butchering the names peanut nyar mirlot he exclaims (laughs) i don't have an issue with people not knowing silly french names or not much about wine i'm happy to educate or just give you a glass of what you might enjoy sweet dry heavy light whatever so uh i'm unfazed until he exclaims, I'm sorry, but your wine selection is shit. <laughs> and he tosses the menu into my arms. <laughs> wow. I'm really not sure how to react. Like, is he trolling me? Uh, but this is an expensive hotel and an expensive place to eat. So I apologize and start rattling off some delicious craft beers we have to offer. He's very happy with that. And he has a great time with his buddy and tip well. So, uh, yay. <laughs> I don't think he was looking at the vintage, but wanted something like a hundred years old. I don't know. Who knows? I truly wish I had kept a journal for the last 10 years. I have so many stories and I bet so many I've forgotten about. Service is truly a passion of mine. I made so many friends, met thousands of people and even met my now husband while bartending. Fuck yeah. Mm. Please keep the stories coming. They remind me of better and hilarious times. Keep it up, cat. Great Thanks. story. Thanks, Kat. I know. Fucking throwing menus at you. What a dick. That guy was just like, I think he just like didn't know what he was like getting himself into. I'll have and a he was just like, yeah, he was like, I'm angry. This is bad. I'm uncomfortable. I'm uncomfortable. beers either. Yeah, right. Wait, is like, is that the like the Chris Angel, not Chris Angel, but who's like the um, the pickup artist guy? Uh, basically, he's he's like, if I don't understand it, I'm just gonna neg it, and like that's that was his. I don't know. I <laughs> that's his plan. He's like, I actually don't know anything about wine, so I'm just gonna say the wine selection is shit. That is a Donald Trump move right there. That is, 
You're always right. Hey, Brooke and Andrea. I just remembered this one time when I served a table that proposed to his fiance. Nothing was mentioned by the guy. It seemed like a normal lunch date between a couple. They may have been more dressed up than you would expect, but being a server, you never really pay attention to it. I don't remember exactly where I was, but I know I had front row seating as this was my table. I remember the guy getting up and getting on his knees. He asked the question and the restaurant was listening. Her answer was met by applause from the dining room and it was a beautiful moment. The only thing that cracks me up about the event was the fact that it happened at, drumroll, the International House of Pancakes. Yeah! <laughs> Even to this day, I still wonder if it's ever if it's ever brought up if it's ever brought up during an argument or fight between that couple. <laughs> so good. I do hope they are still together, unless it wasn't a good marriage. Godspeed. Good tips. Oh, oh, I love that. That's awesome. Very cute. I mean, Brian and I got engaged at a bar that did turtle racing. Oh, my what God. What is that? <laughs> turtle racing. Do take a moment to is explain it, real quick. Is it oh, like it we sounds? were drunk. It wasn't like anything super formal. It was just like there was a place down the street from us. What was it called? Joe's it was in Chicago down the street and they had turtle racing which then since was it was outlawed if you can believe it but like on certain nights they would just bring a turtle out numbered and you just like bet on a turtle and just watch it go down the way Um, but that's where we were and we were drinking and someone randomly like played our song on the jukebox and then we were wasted and we were like I would would get married to you if you married to me And wow. then we said yes. And then we actually called that and we were like officially like, I think we just, we're going to do it one day. It wasn't super official. Although like part of me is like, should I have had someone get on a knee? And the answer is no, I'm okay. You know, <laughs> but I, hopefully that couple still is like me when they get in fights, they like fuck and then go eat pancakes afterwards, you know, mm. hopefully. Y- yummy. Um, yeah. Fantastic. Uh, you guys, please continue to send your server submitted stories to us you can email them uh, sideworkpod at gmail.com you can also dm them to our instagram sideworkpodcast they're a little harder to read but we'll get them we'll deal with you if you can't be bothered to open up your email and write <laughs> all right so you guys uh, our topic of the day uh we will get to that briefly but first and foremost uh sean yeah. Please, please do tell us a little bit about your illustrious career serving in the greater Los Angeles area. Well, it was a long time ago. Okay, fair enough. Same with some of us. But seeing as I've lived in Los Angeles for more than most people have. <laughs> yeah, longer than natives. People who are from here. Uh, yeah, I did. I worked at uh, the California Pizza Kitchen. I, I, first, I worked at the one in Marina Del Rey because, it, and I lived in Hollywood, but it was the only job I could find, <laughs> and it was as a host. Ooh, okay. Because at the California Pizza Kitchen. Uh, they run things a little differently there. Oh yeah. Well, you have to be a host before you wait tables or become a. That's just how they do it. It's a corporate thing. You gotta cut your teeth. I see. Exactly. Uh, so you have to wear a ridiculous vest. Ooh, a vest is involved. (laughs) Oh no. What could wait? Describe this. I'm just trying to. It's a black vest. Okay. But the ties, it was like that weird design. I don't know if they, I, you know, I, I've been to one tiny pepperonis on it. (laughs) It's very like California cuisine, nineties, 2000. Yeah. It was like their take at a trendy tie. It was like a yellow tie. That was their color. Um, and it was sort of checkered. I don't know what I don't know what the design was, but it was. Uh, sure. I, I mean, I've been to one recently, and they're wearing totally normal stuff. I mean, it's like, are you kidding? 
Yeah, you you're like I had to dress like a fucking checkered cab. Like it looks like a checkered yeah. cab. I like that you were there like in the old days of it though. Yeah, like you I had mean, to assume that uniform so, because yeah. now I mean, and I don't know if you feel this way. Like I'm sure it's changed and is completely different than it was when you were there. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think it's probably still corporate as hell but oh yes you know you have to ask you know do you want this do you want that because you have those people that come in yep. i can't remember what they're called but shoppers the secret shoppers, secret shoppers. shoppers. there it is yeah, yeah, yeah baby yeah. uh so yeah uh i hosted at the one in marina del rey and i was late to work every single day <laughs> you every would si- not adjust your schedule every single it wasn't that i it's a big well, commute. It's a commute. Like, yeah, yeah. You're, yeah, you're on the 405 to the 90 every day. And uh, I mean, I would give myself an hour. I lived in, you know, uh, in Hollywood, you know, on. Um, the, Nobody knows. That's, okay. Nobody knows. Where you were. Anyway. <laughs> uh, anyhow. Yeah. So it, it would take me that long and I would still be late. And then finally, the, you know, the general manager was like. I don't want to fire you, but this is ridiculous. So I'm going to transfer you to <laughs> the one closer to your house. Yes. Oh, that's nice. And I hosted there. Which, where was that location? Uh, Beverly Center. Ah. I know. Right? In busier? Tour- was that a busier location? Well, it's tourists. Uh, so it's busy. Yeah, it's busy. I mean, they both were pretty busy. Well, people like to come to California to get that real authentic California pizza. Right out of the kitchen. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, yeah, people I mean, are just walking else? right in the kitchen. Just you couldn't pizzas. get a barbecue chicken pizza anywhere else. No, right. you couldn't. I, and that's we've had a few arguments where I'm like, no, that that is a sacrilegious fucking pizza. It's barbecue and chicken it, on a pizza. It's not I, that if it's done bad. Right, it's good. Exactly. I'll, I'll, yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway. And Andrea is a way more open-minded eater than I am. Um, I'm learning a lot about you, Brooke. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm pretty. I'm like pretty laid back about certain things, but I like I fully fucking put my foot down. Andrea, Brian, everyone else knows I'm weird about coffee, weird about margaritas, and now I have opinions about chicken on pizza. So here we are. Well, we got bar- We probably shouldn't even talk about Thai Thai chicken pizza then. If I, you don't, I don't like mind barbecue it. chicken. I, I like a Thai chicken pizza. What the <laughs> fuck? I used to get, they have that tricolore. It was like the salad on the oh. pizza with like the thin. Oh, yeah. yep. That was the bomb. That sounds delicious though. Yeah, that was good. That was one yeah. of the more healthier options. Now you can get like veal bacata there. Oh, fuck yeah. Hell yeah. How so, long How long were you there? How long did you work at California In total, Two years, about two years. Yeah, I, I eventually moved on to uh, waiting the tables, but uh, not for long because I, you know, my life took me in a different direction. But as, as it does, can't yeah. stay can't stay at CPK forever. You know, I, I kind of wanted to. You loved it. I did. I mean. I, I was so young, but yeah. What was the shift meal like? Did you get like was it half off or did you like get a when pizza you were a like host? You got a free meal, fuck of yeah, and you could get whatever you wanted. Um, but yeah, I think when you were a server, you got twenty percent discount. Maybe I don't. That's about it. That's really? it. I, <laughs> fuck That's, that place. I don't Ew. remember. I. I <laughs> I feel it was so long ago, but I feel like the deal wasn't that good. And they didn't give you a shift meal? Yeah, it feed you? Not as a server. I could see that as corporate. I've never had a corporate waiting job, so I know that we weren't fed. I mean, you know? the only one that I have, the big, huge thing was being fed a family meal. That was like, that was like a huge part of it. So Yeah. From what I remember, yeah, they, you got like a discount. Oh my god! They're like good for our frozen products in your local grocery store aisle. Thank you so much. It wasn't a bad place to work. No, no, they're they're everywhere, and especially when you picture Los Angeles, everything's like bright and airy. Um, You know, I'm just I I personally, it's a bit of a mystery to me. I've never been in one. Maybe when I was never been. No, I've never been in one. We're going. I mean. They're all over. Honestly, every time I drive past one, I feel like they're a lot busier than I expect them to be. Oh, that's People saying something. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where did you move on to waiting tables after that? 
I think that was my oh not, that was it. I that moved was it. Into, you were just fully I moved into CPK? the film business. Nice. I worked at a you know I worked at a coffee shop before. Oh, yeah. I don't I don't know if we discuss coffee shops on this. Oh podcast, yeah, we do. But, we sure do. Yeah, I worked at uh, I, the the um, the coffee shop at Fred Siegel's in Santa Monica. Because it was the only job I could find. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. But that was exciting. I learned how to make I coffee. Bet. Learned how to serve customers. Passion and coffee smell sounds great. Okay, you've you've done the shit. You can talk about our topic of the day without a doubt, which it's time to just talk about the science and the art behind menus. If you all we're not aware that the origin, meaning of the word menu, uh, duh, it's a list of the dishes served at a meal. It is the bill of fare, if you will. Mm-hmm. It's the lineup. It's a food lineup. <laughs> and menus, basically, uh, they, as, as a list of prepared foods, have been discovered dating all the way back to the Song Dynasty in China. Cool. Uh, right? Right? We've been telling people what... No substitutions since <laughs> ancient times. <laughs> but um, so basically, you know, when you think about the origin of restaurants and the need for a menu, uh, this whole idea of larger cities and merchants finding a way to cater to busy customers who didn't have time or energy to prepare an evening meal. So basically this started uh, in the Song Dynasty and spread you know probably at that point like westward across europe uh the word menu is actually a french word and um i also thought this was like really interesting um it comes from uh sort of also the family of the word resume you know because it's a detailed list oh sure right like a resume or a menu like hey this is my work menu (laughs) this is my appetizers these were my internships here's my headshot and menu (laughs) you're hired i'll eat here (laughs) (laughs) but uh so the original menus that offered consumers actual choices back in the day in france were prepared on small chalkboards and in french uh a cart that means so um, foods chosen from a bill of fare are described as a la carte, meaning according to the board. I did know that, actually. I was like, oh, I knew that. I knew that one. <laughs> so those are old menus. You've got the a la carte. You've got the resume, which is the menu. And so now, like, let's flash forward to current times. We've got what kind of menu? I mean, we can put anything on a table anymore. You've got your dinner menu, your wine list, your drink menu, your beer list, dessert, happy hour, brunch menu, lunch menu, and let us not forget the kids menu. It's and the crayons. And the crayons. It's a sure. entity. But uh, I found it sort of interesting that children's menus are barely 100 years old because kids were absolutely not allowed out. Oh, no. Of course, if women, yeah, if women weren't, then definitely the kids weren't. I mean, I don't even think kids were like allowed to like eat at the dining room table for dinner. They were like fed in the kitchen and like put to bed before like dad got home from work. You know? Oh, yeah. And and if I can be honest, that sounds dreamy. If I would have kids one day, I'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want those fuckers out of sight before we eat dinner. Don't bring them out in public. I know. Well, that's that's sort of our messaging in general still to this day. Yeah. And, and again, with kids coming out because it was finally socially acceptable for women to eat outside the home, which we've mm-hmm. taught, you know, we've talked about ad nauseum on this podcast. Um, basically, you know, department stores had dining rooms, which is where women were allowed to hang out. You know, maybe the occasional corner cafe or tavern and where the women went. So did the children. So uh, basically they kind of saw a cash cow if they were to cater specifically to have a little menu to give to the kids. Because prior to that, kids ate whatever the adults were eating. It's like, here, here's some milk toast. Here's a veal lamb chop and (laughs) some sort of weird nutty, tasteless cake bread. Um, And so then, you know, it became a real cash cow to basically feed children. And they discovered that women and children were also humans. I think it was just like keep fueling them so they'll like spend more money, you know, also. Of course. You know, you got to like 
take you know fill up the gas tank and go shop more that's that's smart this is marshall fields is where this started right yes totally in 1916 and you know and they're still very like you know when you see someone put down like a placemat and a menu for a kid specifically it has the games the coloring very Mm. easy puzzles because they're not just for kids by the way true i've 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 been (laughs) i can't tell you how many times i have not gotten the maze correct you know what i mean I got right. lost and I died in it just like the shining. Um, mm. And you know, and, and basically like obviously the children's menu is like not a very new or interesting uh you know, to us sort of thing. But it is, we all have to deal with, do you have a kid's menu? If it is a nicer dining establishment, they're just sort of like, no, you came to a fancy place and brought kids. Fuck you. Mm. Oh, I tell you, when I was a kid, I was like, no kid's menu for me, thonks. I'll order off where the adults order off of. I was like, fuck kid's menu. Like, no thanks. I want to, I want, I'm dining with the big boys tonight, lady. I think I kind of agree. You were probably a proper young, you know. I was. I mean, I think you depend on where you went. I mean, my folks would take me out to, you know, nice New York restaurants going out growing up. But uh, I think there was the occasion where I was like, I'm not going to have anything except a cheeseburger. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think it was like and again, the same mentality of like kids are like it's a special occasion for me, us growing up. Like when we were young, if we were like out at a restaurant, it was like if you don't behave. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This this privilege will be revoked from you and you will pay for it after (laughs) dinner. You know what I mean? Like it was like you can't you don't fuck around. The end. So, okay. So, and then I think when we think of menus, I mean, it's really funny. They are such normal, tactile, just a part of everyday life. When you just think of such a normalization, the most sort of universal thing. And so I always think of the holders. You've got the laminated plastic, like two long pieces of paper. You have the fancier the covered maybe a leather bound uh-oh mm-hmm. that's that's you know you're that's you know you're a, somewhere yeah. special <laughs> yeah. yeah is it just one flat piece or is right. it does, does it open yeah does, what what does it do is it a laminated flip book with rings like a shitty I calendar love a, i love a leather bound i love a weight to a menu like that that's that's fancy to me it, oh, it yeah. is definitely very sexy and I think what's really fun is every restaurant, they are given a choice from ground up while you are opening and thinking about your restaurant. You're like, okay, not only do we have to come up with what is on our menu, what is the actual menu? And there are a lot of people who specifically, um, they, they specialize in making not only the materials, but helping you put the flow and kind of get the best psychology behind it. I mean, don't get me wrong. We're going to get to all the bad menus who absolutely consulted nobody. um, And we're just like, (laughs) we're going to write it. We're going to write it on the wall. Fuck you. Totally fine. That's also a really valid form of menu. But can't you read? It's on the all the on the, on the other Listen, side of the restaurant. It's above the urinal. Go in there. Look at what you want and come back. Oh, I feel like that's insulting to people who have this accent. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's funny when you think about, like, what kind of price point are we? What can we afford? Do we blow our budget and we don't have the money for a decent looking menu? It's, it's, if you want to be classy, you kind of have to pay for that privilege, uh, especially if you want anything leather bound. Uh, probably at like the turn of the century, though, printing ad nauseum was not available. So it was a huge fucking deal to have your menus like cranked out. Um, mm-hmm. I want to talk about real quick because I know we've all seen the menus where you're like, what the fuck is going on? This one is like <laughs> taped over with handwritten shit. You know what I'm saying? Like when you go somewhere really old and yeah, you're yeah. like, this and is it's just, just like the, that, like the, like the, the, the prices change and it's taped over or Sharpies drawn on it or like, yeah, totally. So basically, um, 
you could only do these like short press runs. And so the solution to get around that was a menu shell with everything on the menu, but the prices, because, you know, maybe every couple months you would have to jack up a price because inflation, food costs, what have you. Um, every I'm, month? Maybe. I don't know. There, These were different times, especially during the, the 70s or whatever. But you would maybe order like 600 menu shells, but only laminate 150 that actually had the prices so that you could keep cycling through them. Maybe take something off or do they or do like mm-hmm. the, you know, the white out. It. Yep. The white out. Oh, uh-huh. that's a that's a classic move. Um And basically, you know, I think what we see now, too, which is really normal, is you can't fucking like most places. It's really expensive to really have nice tactile paper and print Mm -hmm. out your brand new specials every day. So the Mm -hmm. chalkboard is still a major part that's used everywhere. Oh, yeah. I mean, and I am. Yeah. And chalkboards up until like that was like the thing forever. Right. Is like I mean, until probably like sit down restaurants more probably like. In the 40s, in the 50s, like handed things. Yeah. It's also French. Yes. um, So I never, I I never stopped to think about the fact that menus, because some are, you know, do and look, feel cheap. And you're just like, oh, it still costs a lot of money, though, to keep these up. And when you're wondering why menus look like such a piece of shit at old places, you're like, they don't want to, they don't want to put the cost into that. It's yeah, not they just laminate them. them and spray them down with a cleaning solution and wipe them down. And if you're lucky, they wipe them down and they're not sticky. And then there you go. And just pass them on to the next table. I hope they're wiping them down. Uh, they are wiping Look, them down I think there. we, well, now, but I think we all know that we've all gotten a hand in a menu that's sticky. Sometimes they just don't get wiped down like they should. You know? This one has a shrimp on it. Ew. <laughs> Gross. That's a I little canap for you, sir. And and also to be fair, like listen, we wouldn't have jobs for hosts, you know, if if menus didn't need to be cleaned, you know, when they're just standing That's there picking true. their ass, better be spraying down that menu. I've cleaned a lot. I know you have, Sean. Okay, so not only do you have to pick out like the tactile version of it, what is your price point? What does your place look like? There is total psychology in a good menu, in a good menu, psychology goes into it. And so if you didn't know this, and now when you think about it, the upper right corner, the minute you open a two-sided menu, or even if it's a large piece of flat paper, the upper right corner of every menu is usually, if not always, reserved for high margin dishes. Mm-hmm. Or supplemental items like appetizers that are very like easy, quick fire. They always sell. It's probably going to be the most popular dish, the go to and something where you just you fucking make hand over fist selling it. Mm-hmm. So this family that designs menus also will do the thing where if you've got your world famous, so your signature, your original when you're using that sort of marketing wording on a menu it might be highlighted by a little box around it so that it jumps out at you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sure, sure. Or like a little asterisk by the side, right? Kind of a thing. It's like a signature. Like, just, yeah. right. House just favorite. Because like other than that, you are just looking at like a pile of words and we're used to the flow and the way that everything should, you know, be designated and present on a menu. But you can get that really overwhelming feeling because like menus can be total chaos Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've worked at places with menus where you're like what the like I can't even fucking keep track of what's going on on this menu (laughs) I mean I the only place and we're going to talk about it that had the menu on the wall was Buca de Beppo and I'm going to tell you people were fucking confused irate like mad being like what do you mean I have to turn the head and look at the wall like people are fucking pissed off and then you'd be like, I'll kill you and right here. like I'm here to guide you I'm here for you we're gonna get through this together you know eventually they like changed it then like the menus were on your placemat you know and then and then they like now I think now they have a whole like menu like a whole multi-page laminated menu we just emailed um, you the menu we emailed you <laughs> download yeah, our yeah. app that is yep. what's happening now Call that back. is the world now 
But yeah, I think there there is a lot of chaos out there, you know, especially going and dining at places like maybe places that are like um, more delicious ethnic cuisine, you know? Absolutely. There's a lot. There's so much. There's so much and there's so much variance and eating out is such a personal experience. And you like like what you're saying with Buka's old menu being on the wall, like mm-hmm. that absolutely rocks anyone's world who's a control freak and wants it to be just like the favorite restaurant they're used to. Right. And they lose their fucking shit. The right, but it's board. also like you're tr- we're, the, you're trying yeah. to be like you're trying to be like provided with an experience at the same time, which menus do, right? Absolutely. And I know this is on here, but if we want to talk about the, the like the chaotic insane menu that is the Cheesecake Factory. Should oh, oh I was just thinking about that. that I, haven't, I haven't been there in a really long time, but I mean, it was like reading the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> It was ridiculous. Except for boring, you know? <laughs> it's The portions it's, there were just, they're not fair. They're just ridiculous. It's they're just, not, yeah. And and I now that they have the calories on there too, which, like, I'm sorry. You know you're eating at a classic <laughs> yeah. place. I about that. We know that it's bad for us. It was just like, no, I get it. I get that, like, my pants aren't going to fit by the time I go to the bathroom the first time while I'm here, okay? I get it, I get it. It's your fault. When we see a menu, what is the flow we expect to see, right? At the very top. Appetizers, like top left, soup, and then like salads under that, then like sandwiches under that. Then on the right side, you're gonna have like your, like you said, your entrees, maybe like to like a little lower, and then maybe desserts on the bottom right, if it's all together. Secondy. Seconde. Yeah, right. Oh, oh, okay. Thirsty. That's very true. That's actually a very good point. Mm-hmm. Yep. The Italian antipasti, you know, and then desserty. So, so right, exactly. There is a psychology that happens when you've got a two-page menu that's open. And so, again, you're going to use that upper right hand and you're going to have a flow that makes sense. Like what we're used to now in like a lot more modern restaurants where they're just giving you like the small like piece of paper mm-hmm. and you've got to make it flow that way as well there are um, a couple things that help people spend more and make really sort of strategic decisions basically um, this is a big this is a big thing for your menu remove a dollar sign from next to the number it studies show that customers spend more when the price is presented as a standalone number. Mm-hmm. I kind of like that. It doesn't feel aggressive, right? I agree. It's, I like I, it. I do. I do like that more. It's more streamlined. Basically, there's a magic number for items in each per food category. So at fast food joints, which is not really what this podcast is all about, but it's like you know maybe like six items in a category. Uh, for nicer joints, it will be seven items in a category. And that's like really where it tops out. And then, you know, maybe 10 main courses tops. And that's probably going to have like a pasta, a fish, a vegetarian, a pork and a beef and a chicken. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All that stuff. There's so much. Oh, God. Okay. And if you're really streamlined, uh, basically menus with big fonts is is going to be popularized because everyone needs to be able to see it and needs to look crisp, inviting. And then they're saying no more than 20% white space between, you know, categories and lines. And this will improve your dining experience. But like, have you ever been at a place that that offers like a super over the top $100 item that's just sort of like smack in the middle of the menu for no fucking reason? Um, I have, and it's usually like... The code to beef. Yeah, for me, I, it, it makes me think of um, um, Three Dots and a Dash in Chicago, which is this amazing tiki bar, and they had this like huge, delicious like punch. This huge, it was like a, it, they called it like a treasure chest punch, Ooh. and it was kind of at the bottom on its own, and it was kind of like surrounded by like swirly because they they had like images of like palm trees and really fun stuff on their menu their menu was beautiful but you could get on and it was like this like $200 drink you could order and I think there was like a little treasure chest next to it that was so enticing and appealing that you were just like what kind of person would I be if I could afford that you know that's what they're doing with it (laughs) well someday you hit the nail on the head with that um something like that while it may 
actually exist and they'll make it, but they don't get a whole lot of orders for it. It's considered a decoy item Mm -hmm. that's placed on a menu to be really aspirational. Mm -hmm. And it gives you a hit of dopamine just because it exists. And you're like, like Sean was saying, like someday... I'll come back and I'm going to order that when I strike it big. Well, and it's not only that. It's like if someone if there's a if there's a price point that is like a two hundred dollar steak and you're like, that's crazy. But I think I'll get the seventy five dollar steak instead. Like that's what they're doing. That's what mm. they're doing. And and that's mm-hmm. another big part of it, too, is usually uh, an over overpriced item, especially on a wine list or say your steaks or entrees, it's right in the middle where it doesn't flow from least expensive to most. The most expensive entree will be smack dab in the middle. So when you suddenly thought like maybe that $28 chicken entree looked a little pricey, but then you see... Uh, yeah, a hundred dollars. It's almost like a disclaimer. It is a disclaimer, and you go back and you're like, okay, okay, twenty. It's not that bad considering shit can get up to two hundred dollars, right? They know who they was know. this chicken. I mean, I mean, were they somebody? Did people care about them? <laughs> if this if this clocks with anyone else, they've done the research they know the science that when you open up a two-page menu you do a reverse z pattern we as humans naturally do this our eyes gravitate usually toward the priciest dish just to be like not doing it how crazy is this restaurant gonna be am i somewhere i can't afford Mm -hmm. do you do that sometimes i mean my eyes kind of go everywhere i'm very specific like and i'm also like admittedly and now not just me people like check out menus before they go out to eat places now because that's the world we live in right so it it is also kind of the thing it's like do you just save it do you just save the menu for like when you get there and like don't spoil it for yourself but i'm a very specific like i open it up and i'm like i'm like i go left and then down if if that's the kind of menu it is if not i just go from the top down you know like if it's something specific like italian or french or whatever i might not look at it because i know i'll like something there if it's like you know oh it's uh, mike's cafe it's like well i don't know what What the the fuck does mike do there could be anything there. Yeah, so you might want to check it out in then you advance. Check. Absolutely. Uh, so, but apparently, people do the re- the reverse Z, where they start and immediately look top right, top left, bottom right, bottom left. I think for me personally, when I go into a place I don't know a whole lot about, I'll do a quick scan and quickly kind of be like, I think this place is too expensive, and do the sort of sheepish like, Hey, we're gonna come back. Why do we say that? Why do we do that when we walk out? Um, yeah, they're like, yeah. fuck you. You don't like our menu, you know, which is totally fair. It's also fair for you, someone to walk in and look at a menu and decide not to eat there. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So another thing about menus that kind of drives me a little bit crazy is when they have no price. Mm. Yeah, that sucks. That is a panic situation for Can we get to the part that's going to make me even crazier that you have written below it? Okay. So, I mean, you have this here written here. And so, yeah, yeah, not having prices on the menu is like, you know, it's I think we all know that that's kind of like reserved for like upper class places. Like fine dining. We all know what we're getting into when there aren't any prices, which is fine. You know, sometimes you want to have nights like that. In normal restaurants, there's two types of menus um, without prices that are mostly used in the 70s and 80s. The blind menu, and then you said here the women's menu, okay? So these menu contained all the same items as regular menu, except that the prices weren't listed. The blind menu is distributed to guests at business meals where hosts don't want the diners to see the prices or any type of dinner, where the host feel that having the prices listed would make the guests feel like uncomfortable right got it so until the early 1980s some high-end restaurants had two menus divided by gender a regular menu with prices listed for men and a second menu for women which did not have the prices listed take a breath (laughs) it was called the ladies menu so that the female diner would not know the prices oh holy shit so basically, there. Oh my god! Discrimination lawsuits were brought up because of these, but basically, it was just like um, they didn't want the menu with the prices on it for women because they were left feeling humiliated and incensed. <laughs> um, Jesus Christ, that's fucking crazy to me. 
I just just I, or just this assumption that like they can't pay for it themselves. Right, that's anyways. what I was thinking. Yeah, like it's like oh, don't bother them with the, how much things cost. The man with the big black Amex is going to scoop it up anyways. Okay, so basically what you're saying is, so there was a woman named Kathleen Bick. She took a male business partner out to dinner at L'Orangerie in West Hollywood. And after she got a woman's menu without prices and the man got the menu with prices, even though she was the one who was buying, she basically got a hold of Gloria Allred. Uh Uh-oh. And yep, basically filed a discrimination lawsuit on the grounds that the women's menu went against the California Civil Rights Act. Um, it, it, like what you said, feeling humiliated and sensed like she can't have a job where she has a enough money in her bank account to take a male coworker out to meet. Like, so yeah, fuck that shit. Oh! I do have to say this, guys. I do have to say this quote. This was taken from um, an article on The Hustle. And basically after everything we've talked about streamlined really well thought out psychological menus they say take the cheesecake factory whose 21 page menu is the stuff of fast food legend its menu is bulky confusing and riddled with a hellscape of fonts and garish looking ads what the menu does is it overwhelms a person rap says but even this menu mayhem is still a purposeful design unless you're a cheesecake factory aficionado you will usually turn to your servers for help and then your servers can basically upsell you. Because you're like, this is a giant, you know, like you said, Declaration of Independence, you know, forefathers and forefathers before that, I will take the chicken dish. That's really interesting <laughs> what happens that it's at like the end? Pur- purposely making you crazy. I never even thought about that. But it makes so it makes so much sense. That's now. fucking nuts that there are like pages when someone orders something that's not meant to be ordered. They're like, "Oh, we're out of that tonight because it doesn't exist." Yeah. yeah. And speaking of not existing, how about secret menus? Oh yeah, I love a secret menu. I never know when they exist. I mean, well, you're not in the club, but I think that they're uh, kind of underground. I think uh, everybody knows like in and out has like an underground. I think a lot of like Thai places have secret menus for like actual Thai people who like want like crickets for dinner. They want the good, good stuff. It's true. Like, you know, there's, there's secret menus everywhere. I think you just have to ask just everywhere you go out to eat, just be like, do you guys have a secret menu? I think that's just the rule of thumb. What what's what is the uh is there protocol for that? Are you like Psst, hey, got any secret food? <laughs> yeah. That's what I think you should do. Just be it's like a word. And is there another secret menu I don't know about? And you know, if it lands one time in your favor, I think it's worth it. <laughs> Fuck fucking yeah And then of course there are the places with no menu whatsoever. Is that like the omakase or what is the you know, where you're just like the chef is going to dictate what we eat. Yeah, make me an omelet. <laughs> no, no, you're thinking of a cruise. I'm sorry. There are places you can go just be like chef's choice. Like they'll give you the option. It's a tasting um, menu. It's usually, and it, I mean, a lot of the times it's like, it's not like quite prefix, but it's kind of a prefix. Um, and prefix menus are also something to talk about and really fun. Um, but yeah, I love it. I love a just, just like, just give me what you want to give me. It's fun. And that's the difference between you and I. I'm a control freak. (laughs) It's never fun. I need to know. And we'll end on this thought. It is the fall and winter season right now. So I know a lot of you have had the opportunity to probably do that fun shift we all do as servers when we have to go in early and eat all the new menu items. Mm, I I do love a menu tasting. It's pretty fun. You're yeah. pissed that you're there, but sometimes if your boss is cool, they'll like start pulling, you know, pouring a glass of wine that pairs with it or giving you a beer. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the best part is when you get to do pairings with it. Like that's the fun part. It's so great. And we as servers, you know, especially at more elevated places are expected to know that and have hopefully tasted things and can have opinions about the food. So you as a customer, we as diners, just in general, let's have this takeaway. Making a menu is a total science okay mm-hmm. there's a lot of thought and talk that went behind what the dishes will be that are representative of the ingredients available and that's going to be on there for a seasonal a seasonal amount of months you know and please i think we all as servers a, a menu is not a suggestion of what's possibly for dinner 
it is peer tested and reviewed, okay? It's there on purpose. It is not for you to say like, could I take the chicken from this dish, <laughs> but then take the mushrooms from the fish dish, and can you make what I want? And you're like, why did you leave your house? Yeah, sorry. Sorry that we like worked for, sorry that your chef worked for like five years putting this menu together and it's like not enough for you, sorry. Oh, you have a better idea how this would go together, okay? How dare you? First of all, and the answer is no. But anyways, <laughs> menus, huh? Menus. I want to go out to eat. I love, yeah. I love menus. I fucking love a menu. I'm just going to, I just like, I like read. I mean, I, I just like a dissection. I might it's, just go read some menus for therapy after we're done recording. <laughs> yeah, me too. We get online, read those menus. And hey, everybody out there formatting for uh, iPhones, you can do it. Try a little bit harder. You can format <laughs> your online menu. Yeah, people shouldn't have to download it to view it. I'm just going to say that right now. Let's get that out there. And of course, I wanted to talk about amazing menu fails, but we'll just post a gallery on Instagram because they're oh, funnier man. to look at than they are to say. Awesome. Well, good. Good episode. Good way to talk about the fucking menu. I good really work. found a lot of info about it. It was so good. Uh, Sean, thanks so much for being here. Oh, it was a blast. Thank you, ladies. Yeah, yes. yeah. You, I'm sure, I'm assuming you guys are going to just get some uh, pickup from California Pizza Kitchen uh, tonight. Um, yeah. I would if oh, I were yeah. you. I'm just saying. I mean, she's never been there? Yeah. Well, I go uh, to the local freezer section. I think Same we got to go. Oh my God. Well, you guys, as always, thanks for listening. If you want, please send those server submitted stories our way. Uh, if you haven't already, please check out lastpodcastnetwork.com, all the shows they have to offer there. It's all so great. Oh, boy, Breck. Well, you know what we say at the end of every episode. Indeed. Uh, Godspeed and good tips. Keep it real. Read those menus. Wipe, wipe them down. Holy shit. Have Wipe a good week. Throw them out. <laughs> <laughs>